Blog Talk Radio. of an empire, and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful, but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent, what would you do if you wanted to stay in power? You would sure hope that they forget about it. You would want to distract them, or even better, turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause. The mainstream media, which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo, is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. But one thing you can't deny. These people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha. Well, good evening. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show here at Truth Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Ah, I guess it's just another week of feigned indignation, storytelling speculation, innuendo, and telling you what that black man thinks. We saw one of the most blatant racist bigots 
and Bibi Netanyahu, an ally nonetheless, who's declared no two states, no Palestinian state, after he has seemingly gone along with that concept. He also warned the other Jews that the Arabs were coming out to vote in busloads, preying on fear, bigotry, and their own brand of Southern strategy. There is nothing more despicable than a coward like Netanyahu. Then he turns around the next day and he gets FaceTime in front of weak-ass so-called journalists. And the first one was Andrea Greenspan Mitchell, who would not call him out on his flip-flop because then he says, of course, we want a Palestinian solution, but when asked uh, how to, he would respond because the United States is saying they may not veto the Palestinian uh, address to the UN for a sovereign state. He immediately declared the Palestinian state to be a terrorist state, a terrorist nation. And instead of Andrea Mitchell looking him directly in his face and telling him with the use of phosphorus and the year before bombing of Gaza Strip in the West Bank, the war criminal should be a terrorist state. Israel should be identified as the new apartheid state because that's exactly where they are. That's exactly what they are. And this bit about he speaks for the Jewish people in America. Obama got 70% of the Jewish vote, but yet the lie resonated in the Israeli homeland. And the only thing that um, they cater to, the only thing they care for is war. The deal hasn't been done with the Iranians on the nuclear proliferation, but it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. Uh, he's had an advocate, one of the, and I got to tell you, I'm sick of seeing him because he is like, he, he, he doesn't mince words. I think he's Rabbi Shmuley. What a schmuck. What a schmuck. Because all he has on his lips is a bad deal, appeasement, capitulation. These are the types of words he uses when he talks about the unreached Iranian-U.S. deal. And I just find it ironic that um, these people over in Israel who are in charge, that once again, fear-mongering, bigotry, and Southern strategy has won the day there. So what, what else can you say about um, this latest election there in Israel? 
there has to be um, think about it. Just think about it. You have to have you have to be very stupid. You have to be very stupid to continue to go along with this, these right-wing fear-mongers and war-mongers. I've got a few clips I want to play for you this evening. And um, to me, these are, these are clips that resonate on the topics, 914-338-1610 is the number if you would like to get in. The Iranian warmongers. Now, now John Boehner has accepted an invitation. Now John Boehner is going to Israel. Don't ask me why. I, he might be looking for the job. Where's the job? But... Um, I hate it. I hate it when you try to, when I am trying to advocate on the part of a weak individual. I I have a, and I can't say it's a fault. I don't mince words. I don't try to put a suit on anything to make it look good. I don't try to put sprinkles on it and, you know make it more acceptable to mainstream because mainstream is really over it's been over soul and over breathing. Mainstream is nothing more than I give them groupie status because they are so gullible. The the mainstream of this country, what in the hell does that mean? But let me not dither. <laughs> let me not dither. I will uh, I will address those things accordingly as the show moves right along. I spoke last week about um Reverend the great um, pastor or bishop, whatever whatever the hell he is, give him a name. Creflo Dollar, with all his holy rollers. He wants to buy a $65 million jet. All his 200,000 followers only have to call, chip in 300 bucks a piece, as if he wasn't making enough money off of these fools in the first place. He's looking to get a $65 million jet. And I say that because Another story popped up, and I got to tell you, that fool and his money are soon parted. You can't say that often enough. A man from Overland Park, Kansas, has been sentenced to 20 years in federal prison for masterminding a Ponzi scheme targeted at African-American churches. You see... If you can get them in the church, you can get it out of their purse. You can get it out of their wallet because they seem to have this idolatry. Anytime you want to fleece them, you just mix God, Jesus, and the Bible in there, and their pockets are wide open. They're like a 7-Eleven. 
But um, this uh, young uh, uh, African-American individual, and I'll call him that, he swindled churchgoers to the tune. Now, get this. He swindled the churchgoers to a tune of $16 million. I have to, I, I say that with a smile on my face. I have to admire. See, there are good storytellers. There are bad storytellers. Oh, boy, he was a good storyteller because he told a hell of a story. And um story he told three black folks in the church out of $16 million. Who would thunk it? The U.S. Attorney's Office revealed Tuesday that <laughs> he's got a jacked up name. Ephraim Taylor II, CEO of City Capital Corporations, was given a sentence of 19 years and seven months. What the? What about the other five months? Come on. Don't get soft now. Give him the 20 years and be done with it. It's easier than saying 19 years and seven months. 20 years. 20 years. You, you get 20 years. 19 years and seven months in federal prison for heading a nationwide pyramid scheme which tricked over 400 people into partying with their hard-earned money. The 32-year-old con artist also ordered to pay approximately $15.6 million in restitution. Uh, I wonder where that's coming from. <laughs> to the people that he swindled, members of black churches with large congregations have a reputation of being generous in their donations. Taylor apparently decided take the maximum advantage of this fact by organizing a <laughs> building wealth tour. Oh, yeah. He had a building wealth tour going, and the ducks were in a row. You know, I can, I can only um, bring this to you for... I, I, I really can't stand to bring this to you because... What it does, it lays bare the fact that fools and their money are soon parted. But it magnifies the fact that religious fools and their money are like sitting ducks. And that's exactly what happened to the tune of $16 million. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I laughing too much? <laughs> okay. He described himself at the churches he visited during his tour as a socially conscious, socially conscious investor. You know what that sounds like? Patient-centered care. <laughs> he wordsmithed them out of their money. According to acting U.S. Attorney John Horn, the man, who is said to be the son of a preacher from Johnson County, 
also allegedly said that he donated 20% of his profits to charity, a claim that investors found to be untrue. Now, I say to you, not being able to pass the sniff test is it's hilarious to me. These people seem to have no clue. The man may as well have been dressed in sheep's clothing as a wolf. Eh, come on. $16 million, people? Uh, um, the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, led by <laughs> Bishop Eddie Long, was among the many churches targeted by the man. Now, I can see him. That was easy. That was like taking candy from a baby. To go to Eddie Long's church and hit some of those fools up. And I have absolutely no empathy for them, none whatsoever. Tricking churchgoers into putting their life savings into his investment opportunity. They don't just put a couple of thousand in. They put their life savings in a fool in their money over and over and over again at every turn, at every example. It seems to work. And that's what you have here. So when you see the Creflo dollars come in and you see the what was his name? Ephraim Terror and an accomplice, Wendy Connor. Mm. I wonder if that was his mistress or his girlfriend or, well, let me not sully the man's name any more than he already has. We're said to have had, to have encouraged churchgoers to use funds in their self-directed individual retirement accounts. He got them to use their IRA for investing in his proposed opportunity. The scheme went awry in late 2010, and Taylor's victims lost their money. Taylor pleaded guilty to the charge of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Last October, the 46-year-old Connor of Raleigh, North Carolina, also pleaded guilty to the count of interstate transportation of money taken by fraud and was sentenced to, get this, five years in prison. In addition, she's ordered to pay around $5.8 million in restitution. Where do the courts think that these people are going to get this money from? And, you know, to me, those are the courts. I've got a question. I just got one question. Um, and I can't even think of it. <laughs> you know, where do the courts think these people are going to get this money and how many times? How many times can you go and tap on that source? Because if you 
I might go tap on that torch myself. I, like, and like I said, I have, I've been a, uh, uh, I have a big fondness. I'm a big fan of the program that I see on CNBC called American Greed. And American Greed is just, I, I revel in the fact that not only do I have all these people bilking folks out of their life savings, and then they're getting such kittens when it comes to serving time. And it, to me, it just seems to be so apropos for people of that, you know, for that ideology who believe and this is this is their hard working at wealth when all there is is making money work for them. And I have absolutely nothing against making your dollar turn over a dollar. But damn. Seems like they've turned over into something a little smellier than success. So <laughs> Taylor uh well, who was his accomplice? Who allegedly used fake success stories to get the black churchgoers to invest was also sentenced to three years of supervised release after serving out her out his prison term. Wait a minute. Taylor, oh, he is the he from his I was up first I thought that was O'Connor, but uh I don't believe Taylor or O'Connor will have any money when they uh, emerge from their sentences. And to me, it just, I can simply write this down as another story of uh, American greed, because that's exactly what it is. And I guess if they are in the congregation, that they are, and they have Iras going through a life of lower middle class, middle middle class existence, and now to have their money stolen from them under the auspices of the church seems to be a little more satisfying when it comes to the reasons not to be involved in that mind game, because that's what it is. It's just a mind game. For some reason, I show very little empathy just for that alone, you know. <clears throat> it gets, it not only does it stick in my craw, but I find it I, I I can't say enough. Of Man, talk about rich people problems. That's about it. <laughs> I get to a point where I shaking my head is just not enough anymore. Shaking my head is not nowhere near enough because 
it'll happen again. It will happen again. You can't. You somehow you can't warn people, and somehow people never learn. And I guess my biggest joy would to be able to address all of these congregations where these schools got free. But it's like beating a dead horse here. Let me move on. <laughs> Let me move on to all the things that are going on. You know, uh, the story of the Iranian, not the Iranian, the Israeli election seems to be a little more convoluted than people understand. And let me put it like this. You can't get away from, you know, the facts of this election and how uh, Bibi Netanyahu turned into a full, full-blown bigot and how his fear-mongering really worked on the... It's not just the American people that are stupid, by the way. It's not just the American people. It is people in general. Because if you don't know, you should know. How... What? Am I supposed to walk you down that path and just lay it in your hands. The people in Israel did not do their homework, I guess, and it's no different than the people here in America. But they they are simply moving to sabotage the deal with the Iranians, and I guarantee you there will be an airstrike in Iran. Israel will start this war. I guarantee it. Listen to this. A bunch of uh, former legislators got together, mostly Republican. Saxby Chambliss of Georgia, he's a former senator, and Norm Coleman, another former senator from Minnesota, but also some Democrats, including the despicable Evan Bayh from Indiana. Remember how they... All the entire press gave Evan by a teary goodbye. Oh my God, he's such a centrist. He's such a moderate. We love Evan by. Well, he's gotten together with some of the most loathsome Republicans in the world to uh, put together an ad that is one of the worst fear-mongering, war-mongering ads I have ever seen. It's about uh, our negotiations with Iran. The whole point of the negotiations with Iran is that they don't get nukes, and we verify absolutely positively that they will not have nukes. This ad, of course, lies and says the exact opposite, that if we have a peace deal with them and we can verify that they don't have nukes, in fact, they will get nukes. It's an absolute positive lie. It is put together by the American Security Initiative that I can guarantee you is funded by defense contractors who actually do want a war so they can get richer. And they're not interested in our security. In fact, they want the exact opposite. The less secure we feel, the more we pour into defense contractors. Evan Bayh worked for those guys. Of course, so did Saxby Chambliss and Norm Coleman. They were their top bitches when they were in the Senate. They were whores for these guys when they were in the Senate. They're whores for them now that they're out of the Senate. So prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. 
Show me uh, the good-hearted, charitable folks happen to get America's security initiative off the ground with a ton of money, having nothing to do with defense contractors. No, 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 not at all. We're wild uh, exaggerators, right? Show me. Show me the donors from American Security Initiative. Show them to me, and I'll apologize to you. I'll, I'll get Evan Bayon on here. I'll apologize to him personally. No, no, no. These are paid whores, okay? And they run ads like this. Watch this. Coming up next time. We've got a North Korea in the making. One day you're going to wake up with an Iranian nuclear weapon. Later, Benjamin Netanyahu commented on a nuclear Iran. Just imagine the horrific results if the Islamic extremists rule Iran get their hands on nuclear weapons. Tell Washington no Iran nuclear deal without congressional approval before it's too late. All right, let's break down all the nonsense in that ad. Uh, you hear Lindsey Graham on the radio, their senator from South Carolina, saying, uh, we got a North Korea in the making. One day you're going to wake up with an Iranian nuclear weapon. Oh, we can remind you who was president uh, while North Korea got their nuclear weapon. The guy who started a war in Iraq when it turns out they had no weapons. No weapons of mass destruction at all. Meanwhile, North Korea built a weapon of mass destruction right under his nose. Oh, right, George W. Bush. The guy who was the king foreign policy decision-making there, Dick Cheney, neoconservative Dick Cheney. Hey, what happened? No, no, no. That was George Bush's fault. That was a Republican administration that did that. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two, uh, as I uh, pointed out uh, just a second ago, the whole point of the negotiations is to make sure they do not get a nuclear weapon, and it would be verified. And if, it, and if they violated that, well, then the deal is off. And we can go back to doing whatever we want to do, which includes the option of bombing them. We don't want to go there as the first option. Unless you're a Republican and you love bombs and you get rich off of bombs, you get rich off of wars, you get rich off of sending other kids, uh, other people's kids to die. Then you do want it as a first option. That's why you're trying to push us into war with a spear monger. Oh, my God, a bomb is going to go off. A nuclear bomb is going to go off. Point number three, uh, the voice you heard toward the end of the ad uh, talking about how, how horrific the results could be, yada, yada, um, that's Benjamin Netanyahu. Remind me, is he from Nebraska? Is he from Hawaii? Is he from Connecticut? Is he from Alaska? Well, which state is uh, Netanyahu from? Oh, right! He's not from our country. He's the Prime Minister of Israel. Okay, so these are people saying, okay, we shouldn't listen to our leader. We should listen to somebody else's leader, right? And if we don't, if we don't el listen to the dear leader, Netanyahu, we're going to have a nuke go off in this country. The ad itself, even before they started running it, cost $500,000 to make. I'm glad at least somebody robbed these guys, okay? But this is the kind of money they have. John Stewart's right. It's, it, when he was stepping down, he said, look, part of the reason he's leaving The Daily Show is he's exhausted from fighting these guys. Day in, day out, lie after lie, and they've got so much money to spread their propaganda, their hatred, their fear, so for their own purposes so that they can get rich. And their incentive to get rich never ends. And we got to keep fighting him day after day. It is exhausting. Well, luckily, uh, in this case, most of the major news networks actually did the right thing. They said this ad is so despicable that even they wouldn't run it, even for a large sums of money. Imagine, okay? Of course, there was one news network that did run it. You want to take a guess, a wild stab at it? Of course, Fox News Network loves this fear-mongering. That's what they do on a daily basis on their shows anyway for free. So, of course, they ran the ad as well. If you think that 
Iran is going to nuke us, you, if we do a peace treaty with them, they are playing you for a fool. Iran does not have a nuclear weapon now. According to Mossad, if you, if only, if you only trust Israeli leaders, let me quote Mossad for you, okay? That's their intelligence gathering operation. They say Iran is nowhere near a nuclear weapon. Nowhere near it. They do not have one. They're not near one. In fact, Mossad says they're not even working on one. The CIA says the same thing. But we have warmongers like Evan By, Norm Coleman, Saxby Chambliss, and the people who funded them, they're just, well, they're, they're just a front that they put up. Look at these senators we bought. Go ahead, puppets, play for us, right? Play us a pretty song. The real people behind this are the defense contractors who are going to make the money. And that's absolutely. Who's going to make the money? It's the military-industrial complex. And they do absolutely a great job in selling war, in selling fear, selling bigotry. When you have reports that are available from the Mossad, which is the Israeli equivalent of CIA, and our CIA. What could be the only other conclusion? These people have tried to sell more war. They're trying to kill more people. Their whole shebang, their whole spiel is, let's get a war going. So then we can get other things in our political agenda done. And that's what it is. And that's exactly what it is. So as this, as you watch, we'll watch this play out. What you are watching is the drum. This is, this is so deja vu when it comes to how they run up to a war, the saber rattling. This has Iraq and Afghanistan written all over it. The same way they're going to send enough people to tell the lie at nausea. And then you react to it. You basically prep and condition the American people to accept the lie, to accept the fear, because we're always afraid of something in this country. Because we're told to be afraid with the propaganda that is being dispensated by the media. So my take on it is just keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on Israel. And you see... Even now, the pushback is so, the pushback is so minor. The pushback is so impudent. The White House is saying that maybe there will be a change in how they veto United Nations bills for a Palestinian state. And when it was presented to Netanyahu that the UN, that the United States may not veto 
the Palestinian uh, request to for statehood. The first thing Netanyahu said was, then there will be a terrorist state instead of Israeli terrorist state. You see, Israel is a terrorist state upon themselves, onto themselves. They are the only apartheid state in the world. And apartheid is not too strong of a word for them because that's what the Palestinians are living through, an apartheid state. They control everything, everything about the Palestinians. And mark my word, they'll either clean out the Gaza Strip. They will send jets to bomb Iran. So I'm of this. I'm like this. I'm like this. You know, no Democrats move to shut Bibi Netanyahu down by explicitly threatening to cut the aid of Israel if Bibi won. That's the first thing Democrats should have done. And this bit about losing the Jewish vote, President Obama got 70% of the Jewish vote. And yet, Benjamin Netanyahu declared that he spoke for the Jewish population in the United States. This is how it goes if you have no one pushing back on that lie. And this is how it went. I get to a point where, what am I doing? What am I doing? Am I just beating my head on the, on the table here? This is so easy. It's been so easy. Like I say, I get tired of defending weak people. I get tired of fighting for someone to make common sense. And then I got a clip here I'm going to play for you a little later. It's about um, too little, too late. It's about Obama dancing in the end zone on accomplishments. And he should have been dancing on that uh, over a year ago when his numbers were still good. When Democrats ran away from his accomplishments and lost. The same as Blue Dogs did in 2010. And their ranks were reduced not more than 50%. But that's where we are. That's where we are as progressives. That's where we are when it comes to who can you trust or whose narrative will resonate with voters. And I just don't know if independence of that stupid or if independence of that bigoted. Because it makes it, if you say you're an independent, and you don't see that the progressive, the progressive ideology, 
is better than rich folks having to play. They've got all the money because they've stolen it. The middle class has gotten smaller in every state since 2000, since the year 2000. And that's about right. They have gotten smaller. And this was the story, another one of these Coffee Jim Poe stories. <laughs> this one was done by a new analyst by the Pew Charitable Trust State Line blog. Shows that the percentage of middle class households defined as those earning between 67 and 200% of the state's medium income dropped in every state between 2000 and 2013. Median income also fell in most states during that period. Wisconsin, Ohio, North Dakota, Nevada, New Mexico had some of the largest declines in middle-class households over the 13 years. While Wyoming, Idaho, Alaska, and Hawaii suffered the least. Well, there's no one in Wyoming. There's no one in Idaho. And Alaska is a frozen, waste-bearing. And Hawaii, of course, Hawaii suffered the least. They're They're so far out there that um, the cost of living is much, much higher. The decline of the American middle class is unsurprising by now. Income inequity has been pushed front and center. And I'm simply glad that that was the one good thing that came out of Occupy Anything. The last time you heard anything about Occupy Anything. And as you can all remember, I was an advocate for Occupy moving closer into a democratic position and forcing their Occupy brand name, the co-opting Occupy with progressive Democrats with progressive ideas and liberal values. But they didn't. They kept camping out in the damn parks until the police came and bust some damn heads and chased them all out. And now they've discovered that it's not worth it. It's not worth it anymore. I still have a damn headache. (laughs) And that's basically where we are. That's basically what has happened to Occupy. Occupy has fallen victim to the militarized police force. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way you you can't get around it. Even better, I can't make this stuff up. I really can't. I can't make this stuff up. And it gets to a point where, hey, what you going to do? 
What you going to do? Yeah, that's right, Scooby. What are you going to do? Look, I'm going to just try. I'm going to just try to take a break here. And um, when I come back, I got a particular clip I want to play for you. Uh, It's about the, the late dance. President Obama. Every passing day, you're taking one step closer to a dictatorship. And we don't even know who the real dictators are. You're listening to TruthWorks Network, the Alpha Show. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Blog Talk Radio. I Declare It. Dealing with the difficult... Real raw right now. The I Declare Show. Baby. At our common ground, where we broadcast brave, bold, and black. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Each Saturday evening, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves at our common ground. I'll be listening for you. Talk that matters. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Ah, that's tomorrow evening, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, Our Common Ground, with the host, Janice Grant. And I'm glad to hear that Janice is uh, feeling a little better. Um, Janice will be discussing the lynching of Loretta Lynch Lying with uh, Dr. Wilmer Leon. And um, Dr. Leonard Jeffries is, will be discussing the life of Dr. Ben Johakin, who passed yesterday. 
I'm sure many of you saw this. Um, I was kind of hoping to get a a call from uh, my CEO with a bio on the life of a great doctor. Ben Johakin. The details, I'm sure she she has on the tip of her tongue. That's why I would have preferred that uh, you get them straight from Dennis Graham because if anybody knows it's Janice Graham of our common ground and on Tuesday nights 9 o'clock Eastern time it's the I Declare show with India Declare as your host you have a very good show Tuesday and uh, it just these are these are the communications, the programs that are needed. Monday nights, eight o'clock Eastern Time. It's the Chauncey DeVega show, the podcast of Chauncey DeVega. We are respectable Negroes. As here at True Sports Network on Monday night. 8 o'clock Eastern, here at Blog Talk Radio. Getting back to the get backs. You know, the president, I don't know if under all of the fire, if he's just shy. If he's just afraid, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu won and Fox went on a smear campaign. Why hasn't the president called Netanyahu to congratulate him on his victory? Do you think, how long is it going to take, you know? And he finally called him. I got to tell you. Not only would he never, as long as I remain president, would I invite him to the White House. But if he comes to the United States, I won't be in the country to see him. And I will tell him, don't bother. Just go see your Republican friends. You see... He used the United States to get reelected to stage his fear mongering. And the Republican Party used Netanyahu to push a stick in his eye. And it didn't upset him because he's a level headed guy. He He doesn't allow the small stuff to sweat him. Don't let him see you sweat. 914-338-1610. I think the 
the number to call in if you want to add. Just press one and get your hand up, and it'll inform me on the board that you want to speak. But if you just dial in and you don't press one, I have no idea that you want to talk. So if you're on the board, and everybody on the board, their hand is not up, and you want to talk, press one. (laughs) Uh, And I'll get you in as soon as I can. 914-338-1610. Uh, let me go to the board here. 617, thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to Truth Works Network. Hey, Alpha. Um, I'm just following orders here. But it, it, I, I did want to uh, say that what you've been covering is some really important food for thought because we are truly at the end of the not knowing, the not giving a damn that we don't know, and the hide. The great American black hiding in deep denial about it. Well, I want to as some of the my listeners, especially the people in the chat room, I don't know if I can build upon the sixteen million, but you all wanna invest your IRAs with me? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we keep doing it? you know there was an article from I don't know how many people in your audience read Sojourner magazine. But I've been reading it for years. And just today there was an article, and I have to try to find it again. I read some of it, and I had to move on. But, yeah, it, it's, it, it, the title of the article was, When Christians Love Their Religion More Than Their God. And I really had to chuckle to myself because it's the kind of thing that I would have shared with my mother. I would have called her and, and said, you know, there's this article you might be interested in. She would have had me read it three times to her and then told me to make sure that I was at the post office when it opened in the morning with ten copies to send to her so she could give it to some people she wanted to give it to. But in this article, uh, one of the things that really stood out to me Uh, and I have to quote from it, 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 I I found it, uh, it's on my Facebook page, is this the type of life, live-giving, hopeful, joyous, and loving faith we want to share with the world? Is this the message of the gospel? I'm right and you're wrong. And the title of the article at sojo.net, S-O-J-O, .net is when Christians love their religion more than their God. And I think that 
if you look at the particular issue that you're, you know, I, I hate to call people out. Uh, I've been having a lot of trouble this week with black people seemingly <laughs> criticizing the black community with a certain amount of disdain for black people. Well, if you don't like your children, nothing you do in terms of trying to form their lives will matter. We can't be out here talking bad about black people don't do this and black people don't do that and they're dysfunctional and and they're this and they're that and say we're doing it in the name of loving our people. Shut the hell up, because it doesn't work that way. But anyway, that's not why you asked me to call. Why did you ask me to call? <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the Sojo? What was the name of the, the, the article? Was... The title of the article in the magazine is When Christians Love Their Religion More Than Their God. And it's and Sojo? It's Sojo, S-O-J-O dot net. Okay. And it's really interesting that we're looking at this thing with Creflo Dollar and this other man. And, you know, I, I just have to say this. This, this. That's why I made the comments about black people and how we love each other. This man that took all the money from these people. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to laugh. Did I laugh I mean, out loud? One of the things that struck me immediately was that he's a pretty boy. Come on now. Come and on now. I am sure that there were people knocking themselves out that had something to do with the sexual attraction, the magnetism of his physical appearance and personality that made them go into their 401k and give them give him a a, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And that's the same thing with the the scam that Creflo Dollar and Eddie Long and all the Joel Olstein um the other man that falls out and cures people out of their wheelchairs or whoever I don't know his name. But the, it is about this. You know, we have to learn to connect the dots. Am I right, India? We have to learn to connect the dots. The same reason why people will pay $30 a month to listen to Maggie Linton on Urban View, but won't listen to India Declare for free on Blog Talk Radio. Let's, you know. Um, you know, I come out of the tradition of the AME Church. Come on, y'all. Y'all know where I'm going, where I'm coming from, and where I'm going. Y'all know I'm talking. Y'all know I'm talking the truth. It's that well, same well, thing. It's the goal and the glitter that seems to get our attention, and we assign more worthiness to the good-looking man who we gave $200,000 to and Creflo Dollar because we're going to give him $300 because guess what? He already has a private jet, and somehow that makes him more worthy. 
even though we we know that half of his game is nothing but a scam. I even give it, give it to him that it's half of it. So, I think it's um, more than half. you know, here's a young man, comes around, he's good looking, probably smells good, probably has a really nice smile, and, and so- his gold <laughs> glitters. And we give him $200,000 never to see him ever again in life until he hits the prison. That's why I would like to address these congregations. And I got to tell you, I would would be in full atheist mode. And I'm not an atheist. But for that congregation, I would be in full atheist mode. With with catchy cliches like, this whole place is closed until somebody proves all this shit. You know, but you know, I used to, you know, I, I'll, I'll do the confessional. Why take it? I confess now. <laughs> Up until I was fifty years old, I was a steward in my church. I gave more than what tithe in terms of money, and I gave more than the, any time that I had to my church and to my faith community. But when they stopped earning it, when they stopped doing the things that I felt were of value and what a church should do in a community, I was done. Amen back. Here's my resignation. See you all later. I'll do something else, somewhere else. And people have got to connect the dots about how we have distorted our value system. You know, and and there's a there's a phrase I like to use, and and I like to talk to to my family, this you know church going people, that if the church has lost its moral center. What the hell will the other folks be doing? And I guarantee you, I haven't been a member of a church, participated in any church since I was 50 years old. I was done. That is shocking. You're shocked? I'm shocked. (laughs) I mean, I I had to come to a lot of come going to the garden with my mother about this because, you know, my mother was a church-going, very steeped in faith and, 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 and her beliefs. And we got past it. She understood what I was saying. She saw what I was saying before she died. So, you know, we 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 got we got we have to connect the dots as to why we don't buy black. You know, I've been looking for some books for my grandson, and um, I want to buy him about. You know, maybe start his library three. Start a really good library for him. Books that we can read to him now that he can read to himself in in a year or two, and. I'm not going to do it with Amazon. So I found a bookseller 
in since a children's bookseller in Cincinnati. Had a conversation with her on the phone the other day. She sent me a list of of her inventory. I chose ten books, and I bought them from her. Because guess what? There is no black bookseller in Boston that has good, comprehensive uh, book inventory for young children. That's how we have to do it. And when we don't do it that way, we have failed to connect the dots. We have failed to connect the dots. But anyway, you didn't call me. I didn't call you for that. What you want, Alpha? Well, you, you, <laughs> no, um, I was going to do it. I was going to. I was gonna, gonna uh, do, do it earlier. I was gonna prep and do it earlier uh, before the show started, but then I got a, this 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 brilliant idea. What's a brilliant let's idea? Have, yeah, let's have Janice call in because I know she knows him. Uh, the oh, absolutely. Doctor Ben, you want to pronounce Jock his last name? Jockhanan. Jock Hannon. Some people say Jock Hannon, but I always said Jock Um yeah, yeah. Dr. Bin, Dr. Yosef Bin Jock was one of the world's most preeminent and prolific scholars of African history. And he passed away and became an honored ancestor on yesterday morning at the age of 97. Um, Of course, Dr. Ben, uh, in the 80s and 90s, before he became ill, was a frequent guest on Our Common Ground. He was um, affectionately called Dr. Ben by generations of followers who knew that a world transformed was not a world complete, and black people uh, might have lifted themselves um, from subjugation, but they still suffered and were far from uh, the glorious civilizations in Africa about which Dr. Ben himself taught millions of eager black people. Um, I, I, I just have to say that he was one of the last great race men of his era. He was a master teacher who, who, who in my life, shared our amazing African history in a way that no one else did. He was a common man, a man of the people. He was always in Harlem and Brooklyn and all over the tri-state educating and sharing. And he was like a library of African history all unto himself. And for those who do not know him, um, you might want to uh, do some reading and go on YouTube and hear him speak. As a matter of fact, um, I pulled out two cassettes 
of his visits to Our Common Ground. My problem is most of my early Our Common Ground uh, interviews and discussions are all on many of you who have not been in radio as long as I have been, on carts, which was uh, like a, one of those big tape things that people used to have in their cars. What do you call it? Eight tape? Um, eight track? Like an eight track tape, yeah. But you had to use it in the radio station. But even radio stations don't have that equipment anymore. So I've been trying to find a way. I have hundreds of those things uh, of how to get that on CD and video cassettes. I, I pulled two of my inter- my discussions with him because you know I don't interview people. I talk to them um, to see if I can run it to a place tomorrow to see if I can get it uh, into an MP3 format. But um, of all of our greats, Dr. Ben, physically took tens of thousands of scholars, activists, students, and associations to the Nile Valley to make the pages of his book more authentic. Um and the black world is indebted to this black man of the Nile and his family for what he has contributed. Dr. Ben, by the way, was um, his mother, our father, I can't quite remember. Um, he was born in Nigeria to a Puerto Rican mother and an Ethiopian father. And he earned a B.S. degree in engineering at the University of Puerto Rico. And uh, then he got a master's degree in architectural engineering at the University of Havana in Cuba and earned his Ph.D. in uh, Moorish history. Um, at the University of Barcelona in Spain. And he taught for many years at City College in New York and Cornell. He wrote, I would say he probably wrote more than 50 books, most of them focusing on Egypt and the civilization of the Nile Valley. Just a, uh, if the, I cannot tell you the import of the scholarly work that this man has done. I mean, if you talk about John, uh, Dr. John Henrik Clark and uh, Dr. Ben, um, and if you if you talk about, you cannot talk about African and Black history without talking about the old lions. So, um, Dr. Clark, Dr. Ben, um, they're the the old, what I call the last of the old lions. So, Dr. Ben is the last of the old lions 
to make his transition, and now he is our ancestor, a very honored and valued uh, scholar. So we're hoping Dr. Len Jeffries has written much, has studied with, has been the friend of Dr. Ben for many, many years, Dr. Yosef Ben Johan. Um, and uh, he's going to be joining me tomorrow night to talk about the life of Dr. Ben, and I, I am just so honored to be able to have said that among our archives, our discussions with Dr. Ben um, and Dr. John Henry Clark, Henrik Clark. So um, also in the second hour, we're going to be talking about lynching, not lynching Loretta Lynch, lynching Lynch, the nominee, and liars with uh, Dr. Wilma Leon of Inside the Issues with Dr. Wilma Leon on Sirius Radio. He's been with us a couple of times. Um, and you can ch- catch him on Sirius Radio at uh, t- at 11 o'clock uh, on Saturday mornings. Well, my my uh, chat room, briefly my chat room, I posted two YouTubes of uh, Dr. Oh, Green. Uh, and uh, they are, I think, uh, one is the the African origin of Christianity is mm-hmm. one of them. And uh, the other is a an hour and 24 minute long uh, speech that he had. So, oh, black man must wake up. Yeah. Um, you see, one of the things is connecting the dots again. A struggle is not only about Activism. It is also about putting together the in plan. And one of the things that happens in planning is study and research. And um, we are just so fortunate to be able to have this technology. Alpha, do you realize when I started on radio? There was no email to have Dr. Ben on Our Common Ground coming out of broadcasting out of West Palm Beach. We had to connect with him by phone, long distance, and long distance was expensive. And one of the things that I'm coming to understand is people like Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, um, Dr. Jeffries, uh, uh, James Small, all of I have a value. I, I have a valuable black treasure 
no one has as many hours, uninterrupted hours of discussion with people like Dr. Uh, Amos Wilson as I have. Because I have, I'm doing our common ground the same way I did in the 80s and 90s. We talk for two hours. We take calls for an hour. So I have probably around 12 hours of discussions with Dr. Ben where he was actually on the air teaching. Nobody else can say that. And I, I've been thinking about that all week. So, um, and it, it's not a speech. It's him teaching, me asking questions, the audience calling in and asking questions. So I'm just uh, so very um, affirmed in the work that I have done for the last 30, um, 32 years. Well, Janice, there was no way that I could have gotten all of that information out because uh, we must face it. (laughs) Because what? We must face it. I I couldn't have never gotten the information out, that's why I left it to you. But, because, but see, uh, Alpha, we can say that about you. When your grandchildren begin to study, what were black people saying about politics in the era of Barack Obama? If we really valued black independent media, you would be quoted. That's scary. So that is why, you know, I used to have a, a, mark, a, a public affair, public relations, because I used to do a lot of speaking and all that stuff, um, a guy in Atlanta when I was broadcasting out of Florida, And he used to say to me, Janice, every day when you come off the air, you need to write a description. Because, see, we didn't have have email. I couldn't tell you if I was having a show tomorrow fast enough, even if the newspapers carried it. I had a black newspaper that carried a feature story about almost every show that I did. They didn't have computers. They were they were publishing their newspaper with whatever the typewriters and stuff. Newspaper uh editor died. So where are the archives of those newspapers? Nobody seems to know. So So I couldn't tell you you know, I, I, I do remember that um, when Louis Farrakhan would ever be on my sh- on on our common ground in the early years, the Palm Beach Post, the Miami Herald, the Sun Sentinel, they all went crazy. They just went nuts 
that I was hosting the anti-Semitic Louis Farrakhan, and it would it would be a two or three um, days of a news coverage about what he said, what I said, um, you know. But it wasn't like I had a Facebook page or a website where people could go and say, let me see what Janice is doing this week. Didn't have that. But I had more listeners than I have now. That's strange. And I mean, it, it, that's well, to me, that's an To me, that just shows how how unvalued our history, how the the generations have fallen, have allowed our history to fall by the wayside. And that's what's more disturbing to me, to me than anything else. I mean, during those days, Alpha, people would have eaten your show up. Two hours would never have been enough because we were hungry. Um, it just, it's just inconceivable to me that at a time where we seem to want it. I mean, you know, one of the things that I used to have a, a guy used to talk about education. He he was a, a, a dean at um, Howard School of Education. Can't think of his name right now. But he and I used to talk on Our Common Ground about the idea of unequal education requires unequal funding. We're still talking about that. that. That's a debate. Oh, it's true. If Arnie Duncan comes, if he's a secretary of education and he says that black children are experiencing unequal education, then somebody needs to be telling the president of the United States and the secretary of education that means you ought to be putting more money in schools where black children are not less. So that's common sense. But I know I'm turning this into a conversation between you and me, uh, <laughs> which it really is. But I, 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 I just, there are days where I say, what the hell? I'm the more kind, the way in which you filter and you analyze the political landscape in America through the lenses of black people, you you ought to, Blog Talk Radio ought to be calling you and saying, look, you've got to take your show someplace else because we can't, we can't handle the volume. But we know it's only right-wing Blog Talk that gets the 2,000 people in their chat room. Yep. You know, I just and 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 I'm going to say this, Alpha. You and I have not had this discussion um for a long time. You know that other network we used to work for? Yes. They closed the doors on 22,000 listeners for us without a thought. Without a thought. 
I'm still sh- snarking on that one. But the other part of it, too, is you've got people who are one bling focused. India talks about culture. She talks about education. She talks about women. She talks about politics. She talks about um, the, the the you know she's the uplift one in 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 the posse. <laughs> she uplifts people. Yeah, you bring about that. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, I'm just a politic junkie, I guess. So, I'm just um, a political junkie. But then we have, then we have people who only want to deal with one element. So they go out and they have their radio show, and everybody got a radio show. Everybody got a blog. Everybody got a newspaper now. Everybody got. I try to stay in my lane. And I mean, you look at the history. You're the you're the vice president of operations for TruthWorks. You look at the history of how many people we have recruited to bring in another generation of talk hosts to give them an opportunity to learn how this is done, and they all fall by the wayside. Why? Everybody can't do this. I look at Joe Madison. Joe Madison did 54 hours on the air. Non stop. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people out there saying, um, 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 I could do that. Oh, hell no, you can't do that. It takes something to stay focused and stay on message and stay within the bounds of what you try. You, a talk show host has to have a mission. Every program has to have a goal. And people don't understand it. So all these people go out, they start their radio show, they they take 10,000, they take 5,000 people with them, they peter off after six months, and then the people don't know what to do. You see? And I'll say it. I'll say it for everybody else. That is the... That's, that is the allure of money. We don't have the money. And that's, that's one the allure of, the of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, look at what's happening at MSNBC. Aside from the fact that MSNBC closed one of the best shows they had, and that was the Reed Report. Joy Reed has been a reporter for many years, I worked with Joy Reid when she was a baby at the Miami Herald. She she interviewed me once, and she was just like right out of journalism school or something. So, you know, I, I was talking about I was talking to some people the other day. When LL Cool J was 19 years old, I interviewed him on Our Common Ground. When MC Light, 
bad rappers now. When MC Light was, I think she was probably around 20 years old or even 18 or whatever. She was very young. A young rapper, I interviewed her. When Beyonce and her sister and some other lady was in some group, I don't know the name of the group. Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. I interviewed them. You know why? I was forced to do it. (laughs) My program manager said, yes, you will do this. These people just walked in here and probably dropped uh, $10,000 in here in my pocket uh, to play their records and their music. So you will interview them on Our Common Ground. I mean, I only interviewed I, 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 I had to call Tara, who was a teenager, to ask her, what do I ask LL Cool J? Who the hell is he and what does he do? So here we are. Talking about Black Lives Matter, and you know, you know, I own the domain Black Talk Matters. You know, you didn't, you didn't know that, did you? Nope. <laughs> I own the domain Black Talk Matters, and I own the domain Black Talk Radio. I own it, pay the fee every year, and I'm not selling it. But that's in addition to OurCommonGround.com and TruthWorksNetwork.net and TruthWorksNetwork.com. I own all those domains. I even own BlackPeopleTalk.com. So um, that makes me ancient. But... In any in any case, when we say Black Lives Matter, Black Media Matters, I have to ask, just like in your little thing you have, you know the little thing you have, uh, what the hell do we mean? Because obviously, we only, I mean, you look at what's happened at MSNBC. In 2000, I guarantee you, 2016, February 2016, they ain't going to be talking about no black people, no black problems, no black terrorism, no black lynchings, no black nothing. I guarantee you that. As soon as Obama's gone? (laughs) The only thing, the only thing that may survive. Rachel Maddow's going to survive, but the only thing about and for our community that will survive might be one hour on Sunday with Melissa Harris-Perry, and she'll be talking about women's issues. Call me up, February 2016. If I'm around, just call me up. So, <laughs> but but I'm just saying that, you know, and then there's the other thing in India. Listen to me very clearly because cause I'm real clear about this. 
there are black people out there, black men and black women, who want their analysis black and male. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Black and male. I and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to right. Wilma uh, Leon about Dr. Wilma Leon about that tomorrow night. Well, what? I will be listening. <laughs> you, you, do you see any, any, any black females, um, on the Urban View? No. Maggie Linton and and Maggie Linton knows to stay in her lane. She might as well be uh, Miss B. And I like Maggie Linton. She does a fine job at what she does. No hemming and hawing and <laughs> India says in your chat room, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but the thing is that <clears throat> we've got to connect the dots. And if we connect all the dots, I, I believe that you cannot ask what until, I mean, why, or move forward if you're not asking why on any issue. Why did this happen? Why are black people floating in the air? trying to take over Twitter because the minute black Twitter verse takes over Twitter, they're gonna shut it down and call it something else. That's right. I've had that discussion with Doctor Doc Doctor Goddess over and over. And Doctor Umar Johnson now has his own net uh Facebook thing um i didn't have a chance to sign up and see what it's all about because you have to sign up first and that was a that was a bad sign to me i want to i want to touch it and see it and see what it's about before i put my name to it so here we are alpha and that's why it was so important for to hear about this show tonight that said checkmate because it's a shameless political game and it's playing on playing on both sides of the highway. Well, and in in between the train tracks. Well, you have one side who are simply running headlong. I mean, demonizing, vilifying, and scorch the earth mentality. And you got the other side that is simply cowering in the corner and won't step up and step out. And for with the truth on their side, they're still afraid. And that's what sticks in my car more than anything else. You got a President Obama out here who was just in Ohio. And he finally decided to call these people out on what they've been saying. But he's 
a year too late. He's more than a year too late. He should have been doing this for the last five or six years. He's four years too late. I mean, it's... I don't get it. Somebody somebody in the machine, Alpha, somebody in the machine understands the psychology and the culture of black people. They knew if they chipped away enough, they knew if they could get his so-called quote-unquote base destabilized, that they had him. Well, he helped. Well, he helped. I I thought, period. I mean, his unwillingness to turn into the fight. He helped. They talk about lack of enthusiasm in 2010. He helped. Look at the Loretta Lynch vote that they're begging for when all Harry Reid had to do was hold that vote in the lame duck session. Yeah, you told him to, to do it. That's all he had to do because I knew that they would never. And... Even now, even with them holding up Loretta Lynch, Eric Holder doesn't have the balls to start a whole bunch of shit. He should the first thing he should have started was the investigation into the forty seven senators. They would have been begging to get him out. They would have been rushing to to hold this vote on Loretta Lynch. And now oh he can't be young. They throw up things like, oh, he can't be trusted. Uh, uh, first, it's the executive orders. And he just issued another executive order on um, emissions. What was it? Um, on uh, reducing emissions by 40%. And what's the first thing they did to retaliate? They're suing the government. So they're going to take that to court and tie that up in court. And they'll get one of their judges. They'll get one of their judges to issue an injunction to stop it until it winds through that uh, maze in court. And any and everything he does. And this is why it was so important for him to ram his agenda through when he had the House when he had the Senate. Mm-hmm. But he was so, he was so, I'm going to work with them. I want to hold this olive branch out to them. And it's just well, I'm going to get out of the way for other callers. Um, and you get so passionate about all this stuff. So I'll give out the number. The number is 914-338-1610. That's the number I dial to, to, to come in and talk to you. But one of the things before you close tonight uh, I want to ask you, Alpho, about your thoughts about Rudy Giuliani encouraging the Senate to confer on Loretta Lynch. I I was kind of stunned by his position on why, that. What do you think? Why would why why would you stand on his position? Rudy Giuliani is a prosecutor. Rudy Giuliani. And Loretta Lynch have a bond. They have a 
a a understanding. If they're not friends, they're very close to friends. And this simply tells me and shows me that Loretta Lynch is not a progressive advocate that we think she is. Thank you. She's not going. She's not going to mm-hmm. do anything any better than Eric Holder. She's not going to. You know, the the uh, Chris Christie deal with Exxon should be investigated by the Department of Justice. Period. The judge should nullify that settlement. Because what Chris Christie has done, what Chris Christie has done is criminal by any other word. It's just criminal. Well, you know, it's um, people who are um, bought. And nobody wants to to really... um, focus on that or do anything about it. And and that part of that is you've got a two-party um, system where they're all locked in together. Well, the Democrats in New Jersey, I mean, they should be held accountable. The, the, the mere fact that the deal that he settled on to get $225 million instead of Nine billion, and he's also put it. Uh, he's put a, a, a clause into the into the state's budget that he would be able to co-opt that money and put it into the fund, into the um, into the uh, main fund, so he could use that money to plug his gaps in his budget, and not to mm-hmm. use that money to clean up the environment, that is criminal. And that, to me, that was a big sellout. That was a big quid pro quo because many of his staff have gone to work for Exxon and many of the people who come from Exxon, work, uh, they're giving money to the Republican Governors Association. To me, it's mm-hmm. just big, one big That's right. bribe. One big bribe. Right. The Justice Department should be looking into it. Dennis, I want to thank you for thank you, helping me out here. And um, I'll see you tomorrow evening. Okay. All right, then. Thank you, Jenny. Bye-bye. 914-338-1610. You know, I want to get to this particular, this particular um, end zone dance. It's only a couple of minutes, but I want you to just, just listen to this and tell me why were Democrats running from this man. Interesting. The president had an economic event in Cleveland today, and he decided to fact-check his critics. At every step that we've taken over the past six years, we were told our goals were misguided, they were too ambitious, that my administration's policies would crush jobs and explode deficits and destroy the economy forever. Remember that? Because sometimes the, you know, we don't do the instant replay. We don't run the tape back. But we do. We're Republican. And Congress warned our policies would diminish un- uh, employment and diminish stock prices. What the stimulus did for jobs, the diminishment of employment in America. Since the stock market dropped, what, 10%? The stock market's doubled since I came into office. One Republican senator claimed we faced 
trillion-dollar deficits as far as the eye can see. We're running trillion-dollar deficits as far as the eye can see. Another predicted my re-election would spike gas prices to 660 a gallon. If he's re-elected, gas prices will be up at around six dollars and sixty cents per gallon. Six sixty. My opponent in that last election pledged that he could bring down the unemployment rate to six percent by 2016. Six percent. People all across the country this morning, Governor, are saying six percent, that sounds pretty good. Six percent by 2016. Next year. At the end of next year, it's 5.5 now. And right here in Cleveland, the leader of the uh, House Republicans, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, you know, he captured his party's economic theories by critiquing mine with a, a very simple question. Where are the jobs, he said. Where are the jobs? Where are the jobs? Where are the jobs? Well, after 12 million new jobs, stock market that's more than doubled, deficits that have been cut by two-thirds, health care inflation at the lowest rate in nearly 50 years, manufacturing coming back, auto industry coming back, clean energy doubled. I've come not only to answer that question, but I want to return to the debate that is central to this country and the alternative economic theory that's presented by the other side. There you have the tape. Joining me now to discuss, Susan. That's what I call dancing in the end zone late. That's like scoring a touchdown and waiting till the game is over and everybody's left. And then you want to do your dance in the end zone. Because Democrats ran away from his record of accomplishments. As his critics on both sides, oh, he ain't done enough for black people. Oh, he ain't done enough. Look, the campaign to capture perception, to frame and focus people on a different perception of what actually happened. was at work and going strong. 914-338-1610-312-312. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Truth Works Network. Hey, Alpha, this house, brother. Um, I'm just calling in. Um, I know it's my time. Into the show. Uh, just a couple uh, <laughs> quick hits. I, I tuned in late. I, I just tuned in about 20, 25 minutes ago. I just heard it. Some of Janice, and um, you know, I, I think every time I, I even mention her name, I should just say thank you, um, just for her contribution, you know, and her just uh, helping me get my mind right, stepping up my game, listening to you all, India, your show, you know, just having more of a consciousness and um, being more willing to ask that question why about everything, and um. You know, a lot of the conversations and discussions I have, I said they they are are very serious about six things I always have. I mean, about some beginning of the year about how all these black media folks are they they're going to go away. This was before Joy Reid lost her show, um, but as he's a lame duck and he's going to go away, um, so will they. And it's been a stream of them um, already. And as far as Loretta Lynch. Um, 
There was a great article on Black Agenda Report uh, about three weeks ago, maybe a little longer, um, but it's in the archives. Um, you can go to that website, type in her name. It will come up. It describes all of her um, conservative uh, moves, and um, it, it totally explains why Giuliani would be more is more than half a uh, uh, rail. Well, usually rails against the administration, but he's going to support the administration to get her in the office. Um, you know, maybe an accomplishment, and she and by all looks, you know, she is truly an accomplished woman. Um, but even as Holder has fallen short in some instances, uh, I think he he would probably uh, take the ball in the end zone a hell of a lot quicker than she might in some instances. Um, it's just a couple of scary things about it. Um, but outside of that, you know, all of this other discussion about Obama being a year too late, and Janice said he was four years too late, five years too late. This is stuff he could have done. EPA just announced today um, the changes he's making. All of this stuff could have been done year one. Mitch McConnell sent out a letter today to all 50 governors or whatever um, about how uh, uh, they didn't want to follow this. This is how you you go about it. Um, And that's because they have Alex. And they have all this stuff written out in the notebook or whatever, it's in the computer, they go in, they select it, and they send it out. And talk about Barack Obama's lack of a black agenda. I think he had either a lack of agenda, period, or like I said, he was in on the whole thing. Um, But when he came in, there wasn't any go-to, there possibly wasn't any go-to information that was already there and already set and already that he could move and put into place when they both when he had both houses basically, and instead of waiting until 2015 when he's a super lame duck, after Netanyahu came in here and made him look like a goddamn fool and accomplished his mission, um, he, this could have been done when he had some power, even though the first usurping of the power was the July, and he didn't check it then, and it's gotten monumentally worse. Every day since he's been president, but that's all my little contribution, brother. <laughs> well, I'll thank you for your call, man. I'm going to. Um, I appreciate your input, but I'm going to wrap this up because uh, I ain't gonna lie. I got uh, I got a, something special waiting for me here, and um, uh, I I really can't wait to get off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your call. Yeah, um, yeah I got some smoke ribs. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Let me get out your way from that, man. <laughs> Let me put. I'm gonna put you on mute, man. Thanks. All right, now. That's right. That's right. Um, the countdown is on. <laughs> the countdown is on. It's down to six and a half minutes, but um, House is absolutely correct. You know, this president has, I can't say he squandered because um, pulling us up out of the 
off the side of the mountain, all pulling us back over the cliff has to be um, front and center his accomplishments. His accomplishments are what they are. And yes, I have to agree with publications such as uh, Forbes when he is the best president in the last 30, 40 years. The things that he has accomplished and the just, you know, his dancing in the end zone, the 12 million jobs. You know, I continue to say it over and over again. The juxtapose. Juxtapose simply means the side-by-side comparison. The side-by-side comparison that can be done and that was done for uh, this president when he was running for re-election, the side-by-side comparison of what you get, Republican administration, and what you have gotten from a Democratic administration for the last 50 years is no reason why. It should ever run dry. Republicans were in control for 28 of the last 50 years. Democrats, 22. Total jobs created for by Republicans in 28 years, 24 million. 24 million jobs in 28 years of Republican rule. 22 years of Democratic rule, there were 42 million jobs. The stock market returned of 109% under Republican rule. As opposed to a Democratic rule, the stock market return was 992%. Stock market return annualized 2.7%. Under the Democratic rule, 11%. The gross domestic product grew 2.7% in the 28 years of Republican rule and 4.1% under the Democratic rule. Income growth under Republican rule, 0.6%. Under the Democratic rule, 2.2%. The side-by-side comparison is staggering. So that's where we are, and that's where we will continue to be. The only thing I can say is never lie to a person who trusts you and never trust a person who lies to you. And if America held on to that one premise, Republicans would never have a leg to stand on. I want to thank Janice Graham for her call. I want to thank House Music Lover for his call. And I'll simply say, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. 
If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Not- Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best. A political pushback. Just damn. to go back to the President of the United States with a lot of head shrink or horse. Because I respect the hardworking people of Wisconsin, I will continue to be a good steward of the taxpayer's dollar. And now, here with an unlimited supply of misinformation is Mr. Nodoff. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. Oh.